Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. I want you to lift up your voice and pray one more time. You pray for the service now. You pray, God, release my heart, open my heart. God, open my mind. Let me focus on on what it means, Father, to have my, my mind altered and thinking renovated, redone. God, I ask you today, we ask you all, Father, just release your word, uh, release your works. Do what you do best today, Father. Do what you do best today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Now give somebody a high five and tell them your mind is fixing to be renewed. Your mind is fixing to be renewed. God bless you. You can be seated. You can be seated. It's just a great day to be in church, isn't it? Just a great day to be in church. The weather is right. Uh, Just love everything about today. God is good. God is merciful. And and I do, again, concur with with Caleb. I do concur with Caleb that everything, we're not looking to become bigger. We're looking at becoming better. And we're looking to become healthy. And everything healthy grows. Everything healthy grows. Don't worry, he's okay. I know that, that um, we look at the story and we associate it so many times with, with the pastor, the preacher speaking to the lost or someone that has lost their way. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the reasons why. The story of the prodigal son is really a story that it's a really compelling story to how the enemy works in our life. How the enemy works is so conniving. And you'll see how the, how the God of this world, the God of this world, that is small G, seduced an uninformed young boy and wasting his substance, his time, his talents, and his treasure. How before he actually went out into the world, something happened inside of his mind. Something happened that altered his thinking. It caused him to go to his father and say, Father, if you, I, want, I want you to, to give me everything that's, that's due to me. You see, that should have happened after the father passed away. That, that's what should have taken place. But at this moment, the, the son comes to him and says, I want everything right now. So I'm going to begin this by giving the point. I'm going to go right into it this Sunday morning. Uh, number one, I want to begin this, that the battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is not with flesh and blood. When the average person thinks that, that of warfare and the image of war, they think of, of bloodshed. They think of of casualties and guns and bombs and all things going off but then the reality of it is is that the biggest war you will ever fight and the baddest war you'll ever fight and contend with is that between your ears it's in your brain it's in your mind the way you think the ideologies a lot of this has been learned habits uh, especially being if you're you haven't been raised in church or maybe you were then you got out of church somehow uh, you will adopt ideologies, theories, ideas, and feelings, and you'll evolve around a culture, a culture of, of the world. And, and you will, if you're not careful, 
you will allow your family to be raised by an ungodly culture that has antichrist ideas and unbiblical doctrine to cause you to think a certain way i personally believe that in this scripture it didn't just happen when the boy came up to his father and said father and if you don't mind you can keep the points up there okay keep the points and just keep on going with me you can you keep the you keep the mentality you have uh, the way you were raised you keep a certain idea especially if it was ingrained inside of you but this this young man at some point he came to a, a different place he was influenced by someone else now you we we have to see it, the story is not talking about a poor family this family was a wealthy family this is a wealthy family so with that wealthy family there was i'm sure a mother and the father who trained up their boys and taught them how to be good stewards train them because every good parent will tell their child don't rush it be patient work hard uh, be a good sort of what you have somewhere along the way when that boy came up and said dad i just want it all i want to live my own life i want to do what i want to do that is a spirit of rebellion that is something contrary to what he and how he was raised the fact that he demanded his inheritance before the time suggested that that he and he squandered it foolishly tells us something that someone got a hold of his thoughts i don't know if he had friends i don't know if he had a group you know co-workers i don't know how old he was somebody got into his thinking and said you're a man now you can make it on your own maybe he saw somebody some of his friends and maybe he saw them partying didn't have a curfew oh i know i've been there i'm a i'm a prodigal i'm telling you right now I'm not raised from church but for my family's values i moved out of my house when i was 17 years old and never looked back and, and i didn't have a dad and i didn't my mama couldn't tell me. i was stubborn yes i was a rebellious stubborn young headstrong strong-willed kid don't ever 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 put down strong-willed children because when god grabs a hold of their heart they're going to be strong-willed for god and they're going to be focused and 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 they'll do great exploits for god they will i promise you that there's always hope but somebody got in his mind somebody said let's go let's go you you, you get you're inheriting what well, why don't you ask your dad, man? Let's just get it ahead of time. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Spiritual warfare begins in the mind. Let me remind you. Let me remind you. The son rebelled against everything his father taught him up to this point. This is exactly what the devil tries to do to convince you that you are a god unto yourself anyone who thinks they do not need god has in their own mind become a god to themselves offer their own talents and abilities and think that everything they've accumulated has been through their own significant talent or own significant self 
That's not true. That's not true. The goodness of God leads to repentance. Sometimes God will bless someone so he can prove to them that he loves them and show them their purpose. But until they recognize that he's the source of everything good in their life, they will never be able to go to the next level and they'll be a prisoner of their own devices. So ultimately, if God has to strip someone of everything so they can find themselves eventually, he will allow that to happen. If you don't believe that, read the book of Job. At the end of the book of Job, Job said, I abhor myself. He came to himself. He realized it wasn't about him. It's really about God. And he said, you know, um, um, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And so remember, I want you to write this down. It's something you've written down before, but take note of this again. So spiritual warfare in its purest form is the counsel of the human spirit or any other spirit other than the Holy Spirit. In its purest form, spiritual warfare is when you have allowed your mind to be counseled by human or ungodly spirits, or in other words, devils. Because when your mind is counseled by the Holy Spirit, and the word of God, you are protected. You are doing the will of God. But when the enemy can come in and counsel you, give you thoughts, feelings, ideologies, theories, and convince you that there is no God, you're void of the wisdom of God. So you have to be careful who you're going to counsel with. You must be careful. I got to tell you something, and something I heard years ago. If you're the smartest person in your group, you probably need to find another group. You need to be connected to people who are going to help you get to another level doing the right thing. If you're the person in the room that has all the answers, you are limiting yourself, you're benefiting everyone else, and there's a time for that. But really, you need to be around people, all of us need to be around people that will help us get to the next level, become a better person, become a better dad, become a better husband, become a better Christian. I don't know who he was hanging out with, but he got those ideas from somebody, and he went too soon. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. What are principalities? Principalities are demons that have been placed over regions. Remember, we taught you and, and we helped you understand that through the Scripture we find out that hell is very organized, and the biggest challenge is to get the church organized to defeat that kingdom. Now, God will defeat the kingdom of darkness, but the church has to be on their knees and in agreement and believe in the word and come together corporately. This is the month of October, and I will tell you, if you know anything about October, that October is the month through December that witches and warlocks fast. And pray to Satan. Is this too much? Do you want me to keep on? Raise your hand. I mean, I'm just, somebody has to tell you the truth, and I'm just being honest with you. 
I saw articles. On, in fact, one of our ushers shared something recently that Satanism is on the rise. Right now, Satanism is the fastest growing religion in America. You may not believe that. Witches, spells, all these things. One public school had the, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all your business. I'm fixing to rub some people the wrong way, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyhow. There have been schools, public schools, public schools that have got rid of all the Harry Potter books because there are actual spells in the book. Witchcraft spells. Now, if you want to watch it, whatever you want to do, that's your business. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you right now that the devil is indoctrinating our children, is my point, to make them believe in other things other than the Holy Ghost, other than the Word of God. And I must tell you, the Word of God is the most powerful, most influential, most intense weapon that God has given us. Uh, somebody put a sign on their front yard that said, the only ghost that lives in this house is the Holy Ghost. I like that. I like that. But the Spirit of God is the most powerful, is the, is the powerful, ultimate, majestic, wise, most, is the only, only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. And he is above all. He is the power and the authority in our life to defeat all means of darkness. Don't knock the Spirit of God. Don't knock the Holy Spirit. And I don't care, and it doesn't matter what your background is. I came out of a very, very religious Pentecostal church where people knocked holes in the wall. They ran up the ceiling, they ran up the walls and bit the ceilings. They grabbed a hold of you and said, you better let go. You better grab on. And you didn't know what to do. You didn't know whether to let go or hold on. Radical. It got so weird, no one ever got saved. There's a balance, folks. Don't take past experiences concerning the Holy Spirit and dictate your future by the past. God is not weird. God is not a judgmental God that stands over you with lightning and says, if you step out of bounds, I'm going to strike you. That we serve a loving, forgiving, merciful Savior with love grabs us in together, teaches us, helps us. And if you do get stubborn, he'll give you a little bit of just to get you back in line. Whom the Lord loveth, he chastises. That means he corrects, but in his own way, in the way you know how to be corrected. What's amazing about the story is the prodigal son's father, he didn't say a word to him. He didn't say, how dare you? Be disrespectful to me. How dare you? You know, after all I've done for you, this isn't the right time. Maybe he had that, maybe he had that conversation, but the scripture didn't say he argued with his father. Neither did his father argue with him. The scripture says that the father lovingly said, if that's what you want, then go right ahead. That's exactly what God does to us. God is a gentle God and a loving Savior and a loving Father. 
if you ever, have you ever been there in your life and you said to yourself, God, I am so mad, I'm not going to church again. <laughs> and it's like the Spirit of God says, that's fine, stay there. That's okay. Stay home. I'm not calling them ever again. I'm not even going to smile when I see them. Go do what you want to do. That's fine. That way you'll learn. Like a Latino, that way you'll learn. Because God knows that through our own stubbornness, he, that's how he has to teach us sometimes. Some people have to learn the hard way. Some just require a gentle breeze of the presence of God. All my kids were different. All my kids were different. One of them, I spanked my oldest one, and she looked back at me like this. The other one I was spanking, he was squabble all over the place, wouldn't stay still. And then the other one I would just look at disappointed, and she'd just start crying. They're all different. Well, we're all different when it comes to the presence of God. But if you're a son of God, if you belong to him, he has to, listen, he's going to be a loving father to you. Be tender. Be tender. I'm going to move on because I have a lot. But point number two, I want you to write this one down. The mind is the greatest battlefield. The mind is the greatest battlefield. Uh, remember, before the prodigal ended up in the mud physically, he ended up in the mud spiritually first. He was in the mud. His mind, before he lived like a pig, he thought like one. It's true. Pigs, how many of you know race? They have somebody, people that raise pigs. They eat anything. They'll eat anything. And they got strong jaws. They'll break bones. They'll, they'll, they'll consume it. This young boy didn't care what he consumed in his spirit. He just consumed it. No boundaries, no ethics, no, no set mindset, no conviction. Don't ever knock anyone in their convictions, folks. That's what's stopping them from being a pig in their mind. That's what keeps them at bay from being a son of God. We all have to respect each other's convictions. But if you have something in your life that you have no conviction over, first of all, well, let me just go ahead and go there. You, you, you might as, you know, you got to figure out, it's not about your conviction more than it is the Holy Ghost conviction, because many times we shut the Holy Ghost off and say, ah, you know what, Lord, I, I'm all right, I'm good, I'm good, but we don't allow God to come in. So, you know what I would do to find your conviction? Go through a season of prayer and fasting and ask God, what do you approve of, what don't you approve of in my life, because I want all your blessings. That's how you find out where God is at in your life. you got to have a pure relationship, a consistent relationship. And I'm so proud of you all that have been coming in the morning. We have at least 10 to 15 people frequent this church every morning, Monday through Friday and Saturdays. It's such a great thing to see God's people coming in for prayer. And I believe it's just going to grow. And the reports I'm getting from people is God is blessing. They're hearing from God. They're their, their whole attitude and their whole perspective has changed, and that's what it's meant to do. But it also makes you tender. It makes you tender towards God. 
But unless you recognize, I have to guard this right here. I have to guard my mind, guard my thinking, because that's where where the real battle is. The spiritual struggle presented in the story of this son was found in the values that were in his mind, what he valued the most. He valued being with people outside his family that didn't hold the same values. Your values have to be strong because your values will keep boundaries. You have to have values, not just vision. There's a lot of people that have vision, and we do have a vision. And without vision, the people perish. That means without clear sight to know where you're going. But visions visions can change. Visions will change as you grow or as circumstances change. Things will change. Laws go into order. We have to change our vision and learn how to adapt. But the one thing that will keep you is your values. What's important to you up here? You have to become really a person who can learn how to qualify thoughts. You are important to God. You are very important to God. Here's a simple principle we can apply. As you learn about beating the devil at his own game, if you really know that hell is messing with you, be, uh, be, be sensitive to that. Learn what he is doing, and here's what you do. Whatever he's telling you, start doing the opposite. Start doing the opposite. Pray the opposite. When you feel down, start speaking words of faith. And this is the biggest struggle we've got sometimes because it's hard to get out of your feels, right? It's hard to get out of your feelings sometimes because it seems so real. And we're right in the middle of it. And you think it's truth, but it's not truth because you're feeling it. You can have something so small in your life You can have something so small in your life that when you give it proximity, it blocks everything. But when you get away from it, you can see beyond. And the challenge is, is when you have a negative thought or you have negative feelings or you have this influence, isn't to give into it, but learn how to back away from it by saying, is this God or is it the devil or is it my flesh? Because most of the time, it's not the devil. Most of the time, it's just your fleshly urges. Yeah. So can't give the devil that much credit. Remember, spiritual warfare is when you're under the counsel of your human spirit also and not just an evil spirit. Because Many times we'll say the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. That happened after you had that big old hoedown at the Golden Corral. You know, I love the Golden Corral. <laughs> Hold down. That's a, sorry. <laughs> I bet y'all look funny on. Edit that one out. Edit, edit that one out. Yeah. It happened after you got your way. You're pacified for a little bit, but this flesh will rear right up. You see, you can't cast out flesh. You can cast out a devil, but flesh you have to deal with day after day after day after day 
And you don't have to go and crucify yourself and say, oh, my God, I better go on a 21-day fast. Now, if God tells you to go on a 21-day fast, that's God. You'll know his voice. You'll feel a peace about it. God's voice comes with a certain personality, yeah, and character and feeling. Part of that is peace, wisdom, love. You'll know the voice of God when God starts talking to you because it lines up with his word and everything concerning the will of God for your life. But when you get an idea that's driven by fear, that God doesn't make you fear, God doesn't fear you into doing something for him. That's religion. Religion will cause you to fear into doing right. I remember years ago when we first got saved, we went to a little Mex. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be funny. Because you all know I don't speak Spanish. I can act like I speak Spanish, but I really don't know a lot of Spanish. I, you can talk to me, and I'll get it, and I'll catch it, but I'm not very fluent in that. In, in that. Um, so, but when we first got saved, we got saved in a Spanish church. Little Pentecostal Spanish church. My wife and I, my wife was the only white girl in that church. Yeah. And that night, we went to church. That preacher, he threw out all the Latino at us. You don't get baptized tonight. You don't get baptized tonight. You're going to get in a wreck when you go on the way home. Anything can happen tonight. And then all the stories came out. I knew this one guy one time. You make fun of me if you want to. I'm Latino. I can joke like that. You make fun of me all you want to. I don't care. Get mad at me. And then we, I looked at my wife. I was like, oh, my God. I want nothing to happen to me tonight. Come on, babe. We got to get baptized. We got baptized. We got baptized, didn't we? Scared the heck out of us. Heck, no, I'm not going to die tonight. Let me check my tires. Shoot. <laughs> Scared me. He told me all those stories, and he said this. I'm like, oh, my God. On top of that, the baptistry didn't have a water heater. We're like, <laughs> go ahead, do it now. <sighs> cold, boy, cold. I wasn't speaking in tongues. Out, my teeth were chattering from the cold. <laughs> He's got it. He's got it. He ain't got nothing. I got a cold now. <laughs> you know you want to laugh. If you ain't laughing, you just get over it. But guess what happened later? When we learned how to have a walk with God, and we learned about the love of God, and we learned about a relationship with God, I, I, I got rebaptized because the first time I was driven by fear, the second time I was driven by love. Amen. Even through religion, you have to be very careful. You're going to have to qualify every thought that comes into your mind and consider the source. You know, there are good people in every religious circle. Not to knock the religion or the Pentecostal background or whatever background you come from. 
So many times in the past, we took things to the extreme, and we never found a balance. But here in the kingdom of God, right now in our life, in this season that you're in, in this church, what we learn is that we learn that you have to have a relationship with God driven by love, out of desire, because he first loved you. But love is the most powerful weapon you'll ever have. Read Psalms 91. All those protection, all those benefits that come from the arrow that flies by day, from the destruction at noonday, from the pestilence that walk in darkness, are all sandwiched between two statements in that chapter. Because we chose to set our love upon him, he protects us with all these things from all of them. You have to learn that principle. It's learning how to live life from a good offense, not a defense. So you have to qualify everything. It's okay. You have to qualify it. God will work. God will work based on that. If you'll remember those things, if you'll understand, I believe with all of my heart that that young man was trained up. I believe the father trained him up in the way he should go so when he got older, he would not depart from it. At some point in your life, whatever's been sown into you will come back full circle all the time. It will. God's word is true. This young man was raised right. He was raised in a right environment. He was raised to be something important, someone important to do great things. Then the scripture says he came to himself. At some point in your life, when God comes to you, it's when he gives you the ability to get a better perspective of your life, and you say to yourself, you know what? I got to go back to the Father's house. I've got to go back to where I was raised. I must go back to the place where I know things are well. That's when God works on you. That's when God begins to deal with you. And that's when you need to take the opportunity because you can always come back to that place. I found that it's so much easier to come back to that place through repentance. So I'm going to give you five points real quickly, and I want you to write these down. How many of you want to learn how to take state, uh, state claim over your mind? How to state claim over your mind? How you grab a hold and get control over your mind because that's exactly where the enemy is warring at you from, from his spirit to your mind. Above all things, you must protect it. Number one, you must pull down thoughts that do not qualify. Someone say quality control. You must monitor every thought that you have. Now, it's tough sometimes when your mind is busy racing. That's because of anxiety. That's because of your adrenaline. You must slow down every once in a while to rest. That was a great service that Caleb preached on, on Wednesday night about depression. Did you know that prayer is a type of rest? If you're experiencing burnout, it's because you're putting out more than you're taking in. So that's why prayer is so important. That's why it's so important to learn how to pray, to tap into the peace of God, the presence of God. And I'm telling you, one touch of his presence will begin to just filter, help you filter every thought that you have coming into your mind. Quality control. You must get a hold of that. You must pull down every thought that's not like that. The action, when you say, when, when I say to you, you have to pull down. You must pull down every thought 
That means that there are thoughts and ideologies and theories that have been established in your mind called strongholds. Things that are there that are grabbing a hold, and I'm going to get into that next, but there are things that have been established. It is conquering things that are running relentlessly in your mind that you have no control of. The best way to get rid of a thought is to replace it with a good one. The best way to get rid of a thought from growing in your mind is to, number one, do not feed it. Write this down. What you don't feed doesn't grow. You don't want drama? Don't feed drama when it comes around you. Ignore it. After a while, that drama that's trying to find you knows it can't get to you. It'll go someplace else and find someone else that's susceptible to it. Don't give in to drama. Don't feed thoughts. Don't allow your thinking to give in to some thinking that just happened. I mean, I, I hate this when this happens to me. I will go throughout the day, and I'll, I'll just be there, and all of a sudden a song will pop into my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, man. We're in the world that has, it's like it doesn't even, it doesn't even mix well with my spirit. It's like, where did this song come from? I know it's the enemy messing with me because songs is, is my weakness. I like them old funk songs. I'm a Zapp and Roger guy. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No one knows what I'm talking I'm a cameo guy. Okay, nobody knows nothing about that. I, I don't care. Judge me if you want to. My wife is country. She's a country girl. She married an old black R&B guy. I'm not even black. Old earth, wind, and fire. I'm gonna, I just, that's my weakness. So, so I know sometimes that when I'm trying to be spiritual, I can't, I got to be careful because I can get carnal real quick with that. Sometimes things will come into my mind when I'm trying to seek God and trying to get into, in the presence of God and do those things. And I'm going to tell you the first thing I do when those things happen, I just lift up my voice and say, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, simple little songs like that. Even, even Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I'm telling you, simple songs that are directed to God and the blood and things in your life, no matter how childish they are to you, I promise you, it will drive away every thought and it will drive away and establish some good things in your life. It's a principle. Have quality over the things that you've got. Number two is you must eradicate strongholds. You must eradicate. That's a strong word, right? Eradicate. You must eradicate. That means you demolish Get rid of, pull down a stronghold. You want the definition of a stronghold? Write this down. Write this down. You ready? A stronghold is a pattern, an idea that governs individuals. It's a pattern or an idea that governs nations and communities.
they are essentially, they are mindsets, thought patterns that cause people to act, to react, and to respond in a particular manner contrary to the ways of God. That's what they are. Thought patterns, habits, theories that have not been inspired by God, but that have been inspired by something or someone else. And it's a, it's a mindset that we carry. It's when people, let me give you some strongholds. Are you ready? Have you ever said this or you ever thought this? My whole family's just like that, man. They're messed up. And it's going to be that way forever. I can't help it. I was born like this. It's just the way I am. It's just the way I am. And now the bad habit, what you've done is you've now put a barrier over that mindset Therefore, nothing can defeat it because you put a blockage there. You put a blockage there, and you've accepted it, and you've said, I'm just this way. I can't do anything about it. Hold on a second. If you were born with it, you can be reborn without it. Or if you weren't born with it, you can be reborn with it. It goes both ways. I have found that the Spirit of God, that when it comes into your life, can do more for you and change you, renovate you, break down walls, break down barriers, establish new patterns, and he becomes your stronghold. This is where Jesus becomes a high and exceeding tower. And he creates the barriers, and he gives you the, the, the wisdom to define what's quality, what's not. You are too important to allow filthy thinking to come into your spirit, folks. You are too important. You are a child of God. You have to allow God to work in your life. Another one, I'm going to just drop this, and I wasn't going to, but I'm going to go ahead because it's so important for our culture. Another stronghold is, is that everybody acts this way and thinks this way. Therefore, I have to also. Everybody has accepted this. Therefore, I have to accept it too because I don't want to be that guy or that person. Can I tell you, loving people is not accepting their ideologies. Loving people is not accepting their ideologies. So you can love people without accepting accepting things that will build strongholds in your family and they will be passed down to generation after generation. But you can love people and not agree with people and hold your own values in your life. That doesn't make you not, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Being a Christian does not mean that you have to accept everybody's ways. Hold on a second. My family is way too important to embrace your ideologies and your theories just because everybody else thinks that way, just because it's not politically correct for me to say this or believe this doesn't mean that I have to succumb 
to your theory or thoughts. I get my thoughts, I get my inspiration from the kingdom of God, from the word of God, from the spirit of God, and I'm going to allow that, my heart, to be governed by my king, whose name is Jesus. Yeah. That means nothing to you if you don't have a relationship. You've got to have a relationship. Not only does he become your savior, he becomes your king. And we are governed by another government. It's powerful when you allow the Word of God to begin to pull down things in your life. The Word of God can pull down every and eradicate strongholds. Listen to this. Listen to this. For the Word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, both joint and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It can break everything. Fall in love with God's word. I must move on. Number three, you must cast down imaginations. That word imagination means in the Greek means to cut out or to carve out of stone or wood. It means actually to form an image. The imagination is a very powerful thing. I've learned a new technique with talking to my kids. Well, they're not kids and not they're they're young adults. I, uh, they're still my kids. Now, instead of me saying, listen to me, I say, imagine what I'm saying. <laughs> Think about and imagine what I'm trying to tell you. And as I say it, get an image in your mind and you won't forget. Because the imagination is a very powerful thing. When you can see it, you will remember it, And that's the image you have in your mind. God wants you to have a very healthy image of him. Most people that go from God have an unhealthy image of God because of religion. Religion put a very ugly image in your mind about how it's supposed to be. But until you realize how hard it is out there and you realize that it's better in your father's house than it was out there, when you do come back, it's a sign of acceptance and love when the father says, you know what, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Because the other brother that was there the entire time, he got a little religious himself, right? He said, Father, what's going on here? I, I, I've been here the entire time. And you give him the robe, you give him a new pair of chanclas, you give him a, a ring, uh, you get, he gets barbecue. I never got barbecue. All I got and the fatty cap, cap, all I got was gold. I mean, what's the deal? Right? You got the best piece of meat. And here I am the entire time. All I've been eating is chicken. You ever get tired of chicken? When you're on a diet, all you can eat is chicken, chicken this, chicken this. My kids asked me the other day, because we're on a special diet right now. We're trying to do some things for our health. And they asked me, what's for supper? Same thing, chicken and rice, chicken and rice, chicken and rice. <laughs> This guy got tired of the same menu he had, but what he forgot was is that the dad said to him, son, what I, all, of I, all that I have is yours. Don't get jealous. You could have had as many cows as you wanted to. All you had to do was ask. You could have put on the robe. You could have got new shoes. You could have gotten all that stuff. You have an unhealthy image of where you're at right now. You need to get a better image of where you're at right now. There was a couple who 
who lived in the same house for 20 years, they thought to themselves, you know what, this is just, um, I don't, we want to move on. It's not the place. We need to think it's time for us to move on. I just don't like the house and think we need to build another one, do something else, find another one or whatever. And, and so they hired a realtor, and a realtor came in and started looking at the property. And they said, yeah, we've been here for so long, it's time for us to go. And, and, and I know some of you are, are buying new houses and building right now. I'm not talking to you. Okay, this is just a story. But the story is, is that the realtor started to look and describing the house. They saw just a place that lived in for 20 years. Well, when that realtor got a hold of the, uh, of, of the responsibility of trying to sell the house, she, she went into or he went into all the details. It wasn't far from a creek, and it had a nice, nice grass, had some older oaks that were on the, on the property. And, and then when they described it, it was this three-bedroom home right by the creek with a luscious lawn with old, mature oak trees, spacious, beautiful. And the husband and wife looked at that article and said, my God, that's where we live? I don't think we want to sell our house anymore. We got a new perspective of it. We didn't know we had that. My point is, is that some of us have it better than what you really know. And we need to thank God for the blessings in our life and thank God for the goodness in our life and realize that God has been good to you and get a good image of yourself right now where God has you because you got to cast down every other image that's wrong in your mind and say, you know what? I'm not going to keep that image. I'm going to replace it with a new one. Let me tell you, it's just as easy as taking an old painting down, getting a new painting, and putting it up there. Ah. Ah, that's good. That's much better. That's much better. Doesn't that look good? Get a better image. Number four. You must bring thoughts into captivity. You mu- if you're going to take over your mind, you've got to get control of your thoughts. And by the way, there are so many uh, uh, strongholds that are out there. I didn't even go through the exp- explanation. But remember, God can be a stronghold in your life too. Paul said, I'm in, I'm in the bonds of love. I'm a prisoner of the love of Jesus Christ. So I would rather be a prisoner of Christ than a prisoner to my own devices or a spirit world that has no concern about my family or my spiritual well-being. Here's the difference between serving God and serving a devil is, is that when God's time comes for you, you're going to live with the, in eternity with him in the presence and the blessings of God. When hell is done with you, you're going straight to the pit. Is that too strong? Some of, I'm going to tell you right now, for all of you that are here that have not heard this, If you are here in this church and you have been dabbling with witchcraft, you've been messing around with Ouija boards, you've been messing around with tarot cards, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not from God, that's of the devil, and we don't allow it here. Whoever you're going to, to lay hands on you, to pray for you, whatever, I'm going to tell you something, you better not just let anybody lay hands on you. Don't let anybody pray over you. You don't know who they are. 
That's why Paul said, lay hands on no man suddenly. That means that you don't lay hands on somebody to give your approval of them if you don't know them. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Because we're dealing with a lot of that, and I'm telling you right now that that satanic, the Wicca, and the Satanism is on the rise, and there are very, very, it's very much alive in Victoria, and it's very strong in our school district. <laughs> That's going to stir up some of you teachers. I know it for a fact. Not too long ago, there was a, a new school opened up by people who practice this stuff that are witches. I know because I did the research, and I'm not gossiping, but I'm going to do, I'm doing my very best to uncover all the works of darkness that are going on that's happening in this city because they're attacking and going after our children with ideologies, with ideas, with concepts, with theories, with things that are totally contrary to the Word of God to soothe the conscience, to get rid of our conviction. But I'm going to encourage you, thank God for families that are bringing their children to church and bringing their families to church and keeping some paths that are necessary. It's very important. And if you're not aware of this stuff, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. I know you'd rather have a motivational speaking and make you smile, make you laugh, whatever else, but, but this is as good as it's going to get today because, listen, folks, i got to tell you that, that don't be ignorant of what's going on in the world today. Don't be ignorant. No matter how nice they look, no matter how professional they may be, if it doesn't line up with God's Word, you got to step back and go, whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Not what the Bible says. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be mean. You're gonna have to get a backbone at some time, because if you don't stand up for anything, you'll fall for anything, right? You ain't gotta be mean. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be abrupt. You don't have to be rude. You just have to be able to say no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Same thing you say to your waitress or waiter when you go to the restaurant. You want more tea? Oh, no, thank you. You're not being mean to them. You're just letting them know, I don't want any of that. Don't want any more. Somebody say no. That is the hardest word for Christians to learn how to say no. Sometimes you have to say no. Because there are people, I feel like I need to tell somebody this. I'm speaking to somebody. I just felt the spirit of prophecy come on me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell somebody something. There's somebody in this place, if not one or two or more, that people are coming up to you, ask, they're starting to come up to you now. Huh. They're starting to come up to you now, asking you for favors, asking you to do things, asking you for even money, asking you for investments, different things, because they know you're benevolent, they know you have a kind heart. The Lord told me to tell you that you must at some point be able to say no. You must say no to some things, because if you keep saying yes, it's going to be people that are going to take advantage of you that God never called to be attached to you, and, he, and he's going to also wear you down. They're going to wear you down, and you're not going to be able to be prosperous and be effective for what God really has for you in your life. I don't know who that is. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right now, people have been coming, coming up to you and coming to you, and they've been asking you, and they're, they're, they're like, just like leeching to you right now because they think you're, you're, they think you're, you know, you've arrived. You've got this now. You've got this now. You've got this position now. Or you have this business. You have this right here going on in your life. Not everybody that comes to you is sent from God. You must be aware. 
and not become unequally yoked with people. You know what I mean by unequally yoked? The yoke is what oxen used to wear around their necks that tied them with another oxen, and they used to go on the plow in the fields together. But if you would become unequally yoked with something, like you can't ever put a donkey with an ox because they're both contra they're contradictory. They won't work together. you got to put an ox with an ox. Someone who believes like you do, someone who has the same values that you do, someone that celebrates you and will help you become a better person. The last one is this, and I didn't even get to the captivity. Oh, my God, Lord Jesus, help me. Grab a hold of your thoughts. The last one is you must renew your mind. You must renew your mind. Let your mind be renewed by reading the Word of God. Let Come on, here. mind be renewed by reading the Word of God. I'm coming to a close. Come on, Haley. Let your mind be renewed. Get out of the novel. Get off of YouTube. Get off of Netflix. Hula. What is hula anyways? Right? I think of hula hoop. I don't know. I don't know. Ah. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is, Nothing wrong with that stuff. Nothing wrong with having a subscription to whatever you find. Not, I, I, I think you're adults. I think you know how to eat chicken and not eat the bones, right? right. Am I right? right? I mean, I'm not, you know, back in our day, my pastor, boy, he told me one time, I said, can we go watch a movie? And he said, no, you can't go to movies. We're not allowed to go to movies. Really? I think it was The Little Mermaid or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Hey, baby, we can't watch that. So the devil. Well, you're adults. You pray. You ask God to lead you, direct you. Here's my point. If you don't stop to take time to pray, to read your word and learn how to tap into his presence, you will get wore out and your mind will not, it won't be renewed. Paul said, renew the spirit of your mind. That word renew comes from the Greek word that means to renovate. Sometimes you have to allow God, the spirit of God, to renovate your spirit. Tear some walls down. Open up the space. Right now, it's really big to have an open room concept right now in houses, right? Like every wife is like saying to their husband right now, honey, I want you to knock down this wall, knock down this wall, right? Knock down that wall. <laughs> Husband, just say, yes, honey. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then go pray. Pray, 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 pray. <laughs> but, you know, open space. Some of us are so confined right now. We're so confined to a certain ideology and certain thinking thinking that it needs to be this way. You know how you broaden your mind? You broaden it by allowing God to come into your mind and let him do the thinking for you. Uh -huh, you didn't think about that, have you? Have you ever thought that the Spirit of God would like to do the thinking for you sometimes? He'd like to put you in autopilot and allow you just to be uh, a minister to sometimes and, and be led by the Word. I mean, the Spirit of God does talk. And when you go into prayer, sometimes it does good to meditate, to let the Spirit of God talk to you because we do all the talking most of the time. But you've got to have a balance. But if you're going to get your thinking right, 
Allow the Spirit of God to come in and do the thinking for you. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit and you get a relationship, then you start having faith. Ah, and faith, it's what causes you to look at a problem and say, that's not a problem, that's an opportunity. Do you understand? Be renewed in your mind. Get rid of the space and the limitations in your life. Faith looks at a sickness and goes, oh, that's not a sickness unto death. That's an opportunity for God to heal. Oh, my God, debt. I got so much debt. Hold on a second. You keep talking about debt. That's all you're going to get. But faith goes, God, if he can cancel my spiritual debt, he can cancel my physical debt. I'm going to tell you, poverty is, okay, you ready? Poverty is a curse of sin and the devil. It's not from God. Poverty is not from God. I know there are certain religions that take a vow of poverty, but that's not God. God said, I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. I don't know about the prosperity gospel. I believe and we believe in the provisionary gospel that our God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. So what are your needs? I need to get out of debt. We'll start believing that God will meet that need. And sometimes it's not going to come in the form of money. You know, when you give many times and you're looking for a blessing, the blessing doesn't come, maybe sometimes it comes in a different seed. I've seen this happen so many times. I've sold thousands and thousands of dollars. Let me tell you right now, we're givers. We're givers, man. And I love to see the seed when it's been sown. Many times when you're praying for financial blessing and believing something, you're sowing by faith, God will give you an idea for a business or he'll give you a network of the right people to come into your life. Or maybe God will give you a opportunity. Maybe God sometimes will get and save your family to come together so you can have some moral support for what you're doing in your life. Many times God will, will keep you from things, keep you from things from happening in your life so many times. I think that happens through prayer anyways. But I think so many times that God will, will keep those tires running for a longer miles than, than what they expect them to run. I'm telling you right now, I believe that kind of stuff. I believe, listen, if God can make the children of Israel's chanclas last for 40 years, he can make your, he can make your tires last for another 100,000 miles. That's all I'm saying. Okay, let me, let me, let me be considered. We're, we're Mitch culture here. We have black people, white people, brown people. Chanclas is sandals. I mean, I'm sure you know that living in South Texas, right? Okay, they're just making sure we all know what we're talking about here. But God makes things last. And the last point I want to give you is this. The last point is this, and I'm, I'm closing with this. Repentance brings a change of mind. Repentance brings a change of mind. If you feel like you're in a place where I don't know how to change my thinking, I don't know what to do to alter it, here's the first thing you need to do is kneel down at the cross. Repentance means to change and alter your thinking. You know, when the, the, and the strongest weapon of warfare we have is the blood. And the symbol of our deliverance and freedom is the cross. And, and 
And when you come to that place where you know it's time for change, the safest place and the best place you can go to is at the foot of the cross by faith, by faith. Go back to the place in your mind where you know Jesus died for me and gave his sins for me, died and took away my sins. A man who knew no sin gave himself for me. I know that God is in this place and I know that God wants to do some powerful things in your life. But it's time for us to wake up and grab a hold of our thoughts and grab a hold of our minds. The most precious thing you will ever have is your thinking, your ability to hold a conscience, have a conscience, a God conscience, a moral compass, a strong conviction in your life to live a certain way, to do certain things, because that's where the favor and the blessings and the protection of God comes in. And you don't have to be a hermit. You just have to be aware and have a sensitivity towards him. How many of you want to just be sensitive to him right now and just, just, just allow him to change your thinking? How many of you want a new way of thinking? I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to tell you, here's the reality of this. Here's the reality. Let me be real with you so you're not disappointed because we're not proposing something. You know, God can do a miracle. I believe miracles still take place. But here's what's going to have to happen. If you want a changed heart and a changed mind, you have to learn how to be consistent. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. And the Word of God is powerful enough. The Spirit of God is powerful enough. I don't know how long it'll take you, but I do know this. The faster you get focused, the faster it will happen. Some of you have laser focus. Focus is the key. You're determined. Athletes have this. Athletes have this. To all of our business owners here, we, we have a lot of business owners, and I'd love to speak to you and talk to you about these things. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll determine that Jesus is going to be your CEO of your company and you get a relationship with him and you know that your businesses are tied to the kingdom, then he'll give you his ideas as a CEO. The chief executive officer of your business, he will protect it. He will guide you. He will direct it. He will give you the ideas and he will govern it for you and also protect it. But you must remember this. Every single month, you must take a seed from the business and sow it into the kingdom if you want God to be connected to it. And then you must, in, you must adopt and adopt biblical values in your business. And then you must love people. And you're not in it for the money. You're in it to help people. If you're working for someone, know that you're not just working for somebody. Your boss is Jesus, and you're working for him. So if you'll do your job like you're doing it for the Lord, you'll gain the favor of God. He'll prosper you just like he did Joseph. But you got to change your thinking up here. If you get kingdom, a kingdom mindset, you're moving forward in a good offense, and you're not being a scared Christian, skeptical, and afraid of the devil we're not devil chasers we're not scared of the devil but we're focused on the kingdom of god and greater is he that's in us than him that's in the world and we will come out ahead but the church has to be an army the church has to congregate together march together in cadence with each other knowing 
that when we step together in God's presence and step out into our world, this is where hell gets afraid. This is where hell begins to tremble. Hell trembles at a praying Christian and someone who knows his word and knows how to release spirit-anointed words in your life. How many believers do we have in this building this Sunday morning? Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.